Joe Biden, where's my money? Everyone I know has got a stimulus check already, and I'm still waiting for my money. I need my money. Oh, also, Jesus, that's here. how this is starting? <laughs> <laughs> I warned you. I, I know. Warned you. We don't even get to know what show we're listening to and who listen, we are. But no, listen, okay. you didn't, if you're listening to this, you didn't stumble upon it. You didn't find it on the road and picked it up. You're like, hey, maybe a podcast would be good today. Like, you know what this is. Yeah, you know, know what you're getting into. About, like, keeping the combo alive. This is almost better than Silence. I'm Hansel Coleman, and I'm here today with Brendan McCullough. And, yeah, I guess you didn't get your stimmy. I did. It, like, see, uh, cashed see, the other everyone day. Everyone I know has got it, and I'm pissed. I want because oh, I'm going to use that money to buy a VR headset. I'm going to check it, a check out of this world entirely in a physical form. Uh, I'm going to use a little bit of it towards my Harry Potter trading card game addiction. <laughs> oh, you mean you're going to buy one pack of cards? No, I bought that's a how booster box. Are. It's No, it's not. Yeah, I did get a booster box, and it's going to be for a live event to be determined. Uh, I'm super <laughs> well. excited about it. But also, it sucks because like I, every single day, this like every day that passes, I'm like, I just want to open at least like one of them. <laughs> but, like Just opening the box means like the value is completely mm-hmm. gone. This mm-hmm. episode's starting off wild. I guess that's what happens. I, told, when I, I warned uh, you. Leave the ball in Brendan's court. I warned it. Yeah, See, no, we're fair. Uh, this cards, is a video game podcast, believe it or not. Uh, but what were you, you really were trying say? to do an intro right now? We're like five I've minutes tried. Ahead. I don't what know. You, <laughs> like I said, knows if you're listening, you know what this is. Yeah. You expect it by this point. Like I hope. What if they're new? <laughs> I, I, If someone says they are a new listener and it's the first time they've ever listened to this show, I will PayPal you $5. <laughs> I will pull my money with them. Or my money where my mouth is. I don't believe oh, you. Oh, man. Listeners, let's all rise together and take away Brendan's <laughs> stimulus <laughs> check. This, no, this is good for one person. This is good for one person. Fair enough. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but no, go ahead and say what you're going to say about the cards. These cards are like your own Christmas presents. Where you're buying yeah. them for you, but you still can't open them. Because the second you do, they are infinitely less valuable. Because all all the money that's actually there is on hope. There's a hope right. that there's good cards, but once you find out they're average cards, that money is, or those cards are worthless. Yeah, pretty much. And that's, I'm really waiting to have it coincide with my other podcast that is revolves around this card game to be like, oh, this week that we're talking about the Diagon Alley set, I'm going to finally bust into that box and see what we got in there. So that'd be pretty cool to like time it right. But God, it is torture just making my, forcing myself to wait. I'm like, Jesus, I just want to know what cards are in there. <laughs> you got to get your wife to put them in like a box and lock it and only. Yeah, she knows exactly. Oh my God. It's brutal. And no, the one even says on the booster box, a date of 2002 and it only costs $30 like on the tag and like you can't rip the tag off or else you break the seal but like I was thinking to myself I bought this for like what 400 <laughs> like Good. god damn it that's so insane god yeah what's yeah, it like it to have money dog <laughs> I just, wish I, I had 400 We're, to waste on fucking cards well now I only do because of the stimulus check but also uh, luckily Lauren did get a new job so we're just uh we're, we're sitting pretty god fuck it dude <laughs> just like it's so expensive for cards right now like yes i can't imagine actually trying to play these games yeah no it's and i feel bad for new people i'm trying to entice people to play this but yes it is like <laughs> it's hard to justify spending that's that like, much money to like uh build your own deck like that's why you have to go with the proxy culture but even that like the ink of like going to like staples or wherever you're going to print your cards or there's websites like makeplayingcards.com like i recommend them but like yeah even for a full set of the new hair slytherin set it cost me like 60 dollars for two sets that's like Mads Mikkelsen in Casino Royale trying to encourage people to play poker with them. And they're yeah. betting with billions of dollars. 
years. Yeah. Like it's you get, it's hard to encourage anyone be like, yeah, just jump into this game. Every every like three or four months you have to drop five hundred dollars for the chance of not having garbage. The but you're probably is, gonna get garbage. It's such a fantastic game. I wish more people could play it, and it just stinks that it's out of print, but it was printed quite a bit. But man, everyone in the trading card game market is just seizing up every booster box. Prices are skyrocketing, and it is very just like a strange time to be alive or like have any interest in this because people are just like making it in- inaccessible. God, would it actually be cheaper to just buy a bunch of like phones or tablets or iPads and use them as trading cards instead of actual cards? <laughs> well, no. At you this know what? point, at this point, I think there are online solutions like these, like Untapped.in, and like there's another one that I'm unfamiliar with. But like, you can just like build your own deck with like a database of the cards and play with people online. I've yet to do that. I'm all about playing uh, in person. But yeah, for people that are just interested in the game itself, you could definitely teach yourself, build your own deck, and have like the cards uh, available to you digitally. All- digitally. Exactly. So that's at least exciting and something I do want to dip my toe in and maybe uh, do some of that on the stream with like some of my co-hosts or something, for instance, I can't play with in person. So that's pretty exciting. But okay, let's talk about the games we've been playing. Uh, speaking <laughs> of which... I'm going to assume it's Fall Guys uh, and Rocket League. Hey, well, we're not going to video games quite yet. I do want to talk okay. about some tabletop games. So I know uh. my wife and I have been trying out some new stuff other than the Harry Potter trading card game. We played this game called Sushi Go. I forget if I brought it up on the podcast uh, yeah. before. I might have. I've heard of it before. It's actually extraordinarily fun. Uh, I think it's like two to four players. And yeah, check out Sushi Go if you have no, if you've never heard of it. Uh, it's available pretty much anywhere, probably like your targets and all of that kind of stuff, maybe Barnes and Noble. But, uh, it's very simple premise. You're trying to have, uh, build up the most amount of points over the course of three rounds. And you're like building like, uh, sushi. You're like laying down sushi cards and like you can put on top of a wasabi, uh, like a specific kind of like nigiri card. And that will like amplify the, the number of points you get. All in all, like, the cards are super cute, the gameplay is easy to follow, and it's a very fast-paced game, and I, like I said, I think it's even more fun with uh, multiple people. We did a round of four people, and it just is so much more interesting having uh, extra hands in the mix, because it's not oh, a yeah. typical game, like, you... you play one card from the hand and then pass your entire hand to the left. So you have to like almost like strategically remember what, what the previous hands were to be like, Oh, well, if this happens, I want to put all these dumplings down. It's, it's very fun and uh, easy to get into. So if that even sounds remotely fun, definitely check out sushi go uh, super duper cute. And it's by this game company called game, right? Uh, W R I G H T. Um, they're really hmm. cool. Uh, they're actually the creators of this other game that we tried out called Trash Pandas. And I was like, okay, another really cutesy style game. Uh, again, I think it's two to four players. Uh, but this one's a little more complicated with like these tokens and stuff. There's like six different types of tokens. Uh, most of them are revolve around drawing cards versus stashing cards. And the objective of hmm. Trash Pandas is like you're a panda, a, 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 tr- a panda, Jesus Christ. You're a raccoon <laughs> going through the trash trying to like stash like your, your best objects and like build up points that way. So you go through the entire deck, uh, stashing away. And then at the end of the game, you reveal your stash and then like kind of count how many points each player has. But yeah, the things you stash away are like uh the ones called mm pie and it looks like a pizza and like there's like different uh what do i want to say yum yums which is like a chocolate bar and like uh shiny which is like uh, a spoon that's exactly and then you have other uh cards like 
that are less uh, likely to be drawn. I think there's only like three copies of like the doggo, for instance, and he's like one yeah. that will prevent you from like stealing uh, your cards. And there's also a kitty and it's just really cutesy card game that uh, at first seemed kind of uh, daunting. I remember we were reading the rules being like, how the hell did we play this? But then we looked up a YouTube video and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. just to get started, do this. And then, yeah, we were off to the races and it's a very fun game. I definitely intend on playing a lot more of that. And in fact, that's something Laura and I were discussing. I think on a future stream, we're going to do like a game night and do a little bit of Harry Potter trading card, uh, do some Sushi Go and then wrap up with Trash Pandas and make it a long stream. So that that's something fun to look forward to. The invention of both YouTube and just the internet, digital games, has just exploded the board game uh, industry. Yeah. Just because so often, like, I mean, there's so many people out there making content for board games, specifically either YouTubers or Les Players or reviewers doing just board games and, like, weird niche board games. Yeah. But then also, there's so many times me and my friends are playing a game and we're just like, Man, these instructions fucking suck. They and then do. we look up a video and it's like, oh my god, this is so much so easier easy. seeing it in motion. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I feel like even when we're at like conventions like too many games, like and people are like, come sit down and try our game, it's it's nice having someone there to be like, no, this is exactly how this works. Because it's like, I'm an idiot, actually, so please help me. But uh no, it that's the thing. As we were reading the instructions, we we're completely like, this is insane. And then we watch mm-hmm. the video and we're playing, and by the time we're like playing our second game, we're like, oh, this isn't hard to follow at all, but like it's it's hard to portray this to somebody new to the game. Yeah, it feels like with every board game now, because some of them are very, very innovative, very creative in the way that they're played. Um, it feels like you always need to have at least one person who's played it or at least understands the rules completely. Because, yeah, it's overwhelming a lot of time. We're just going, fuck it. Let's just fucking play Risk. We exactly. all know how to play Risk. Or, yeah, we'll get a pl- uh, stack of playing cards and just do, I don't know, some poker or something. Well, even that's fish, can, that could, yeah, yeah, Go Fish is at least easier to understand than poker. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Trash Pandas, definitely recommend it. It's super fun. Uh, it's, yeah, adorable. They're on fire with the types of games they put out, so I'm looking forward to maybe checking out what other games they have. Like, I think with each game came, like, a big, like, uh, advertisement, and they have, like, a shitload of different games, so I'll have to check it out and see what else they have available. But so far, both of those have been really, really fun. Yeah, it's, like, kind of a board game renaissance. I mean, it's arguably been going on for a while, but, like, there's... So many if you want to get into board games. There's so many really cool and creative ones that you're bound to find one that you know people are interested in or you know, something that'll spark your interest and it's there's a ton. I would love for there to be a digital version of Munchkins, which is kind of like a dungeon crawling board game. Yeah. Uh and where you pick up like loot and fight monsters in each room as you go up. But the company that did it is reserving the rights to the digital game because they've made a video game of it. And the video game's bad. It's like real bad. So like that's the rights to a digital version of Munchkin. So dude, there's a uh, Munchkin CCG. I'm not even kidding. Oh yeah, there's a ton. Munchkin's huge. But yeah, it's, it's one I never got to play a ton because you you have to play it in person because there aren't online equivalents. Yeah, I've talked about it plenty of times. But Tabletop Simulator is very good. It's probably one of the best resources out there for trying out a bunch of different board games. Because people just mod the game itself into Tabletop Simulator. But Munchkin's one of those where the publisher company or the rights holder actually shut down any mods of it. So Damn. you can't play it. Okay. But there are plenty, like Betrayal on House on the Hill. Um, played that a bunch on Tabletop Simulator. Nice. And that's that's great because it's got like DLC, which is weird for a board game, but it's got like, additional <laughs> content. Yeah. And like three big books of like, for anyone who doesn't know what 
uh, Betrayal on the House the Hill. I feel, is that the name? I think Betrayal on the it. House on the Hill. I think is the full yeah. One. But for anyone who doesn't know, you go in with like I think like four to six players. You go into a haunted house. You keep exploring each room, a la a dungeon crawler. And then every time you explore a room, or every time you come across something, there's a chance for a curse to happen. And you roll a certain number of dice. You determine your factors. And if a curse doesn't does not happen, you keep going. If a curse does happen, you have to figure out all the things that led up to the curse, and that'll determine what curse it is, because there's, like, a hundred different curses it could be. Damn. And then with the extra content, there's, like, 300 ways, uh, different curses <laughs> it could be. And every curse, someone becomes the traitor. Someone betrays everyone else and becomes the monster, or gets possessed by the monster, or something akin to that. Right. And And then all the rules change. So then, like, all the players that survive the curse go and read their book and figure out what their objective is. And then the person who's the betrayer, who's like the monster now, has to go away privately and read what their rule is, like what their goal is now. Because they have different goals depending on the curse. And it's really cool because you could play it like, you know, 30 different, you play it 100 different times and it'll be different every time. So there are some really cool innovative board games out there. Definitely. It reminds me, I was uh, just passing by in a stream earlier this week. It was Homebase Games. If I, I want to shout them out. They're really cool. They're my main inspiration for streaming Harry Potter trading card game. They were playing a Star Wars variant of Talisman. I was like, oh, shit. Fuck off. Yes. I'm out. I'm I, out. Dude, I was so interested. But no, yeah. Uh, it wasn't called fate points, but yeah, as she was rolling her fate points, I'm like, oh man, I'm like triggered. I'm like, I don't, every time you roll this, it's probably going to be a one. <laughs> but no, it's in real life, at least. The the video game was super just like trolling us. There's no denying it. it it's such utter horseshit. <laughs> um, there's a game that came out called Everhood, I think, recently. It was a video game. Okay. Um, and it's a cool, like, kind of rhythm game, like, uh, Guitar Hero. Like, it's got the bars that come down, and you have to uh, match it as it comes oh, down. Oh, hell yeah. And your character, that like, instead of matching it, you're actually dodging it. It's like a, a platforming rhythm game. It's just really cool. It's, it's hard to explain. It's very visual, and it does a lot of stuff that uh, is, you know, unique to it, so it's hard to elaborate on. Sure. Um, but in Everhood... There's a part where you find a group of like monsters or characters who are playing a game, and it's like ah, it, it, there's a lot of references through in Everhood. So it's like ah, they're playing a game. It's like D and D, and then you look at it as the talisman board game. Hell there's yeah. a few of them that talk about stuff, and they're like ah, you got to get the the special token before you can go into the inner like inner circle, and like it straight up is referencing talisman. It's yes, like, oh, right about it. But when I I was watching a streamer play it, and when I saw that, my blood pressure skyrocketed <laughs> when i saw that fucking board and it's i remember just, remember uh, everyone in chat talking about like yeah you can get to the first and second levels like pretty easily and go back and forth between when you get to the third level that's when you can just die instantly for no reason yeah and it's just horseshit and i was like Ugh, i hate talisman i hate it yeah. so much i love it's it so, so much it's but it is just bullshit it's there's so, so many ridiculous. better games yeah but it's it's fun like in theory it's not it's not <laughs> Everything's fun in theory because that's what the theory is. It's in yes. practicality that matters. That's a good point. No, I do. I've had fun times with Talisman, but more often than not, I'm getting my ass completely kicked. I just love the variety in characters, the world they have fleshed out. It's really cool, but no, it, it's totally brutal. Play as the uh, assassin. You'll always win. It is impossible to lose as the assassin because you kill everything you encounter. I true. hate that's, that game. 
I so think broken. if I would revisit it at all, it would be in like a Star Wars light, just to be like, what's this all about? It seems interesting. I think like they encountered General Hux like in the short amount of time I was stopping by for the stream. I'm like, oh wow, mm. so it's like newer Star Wars too. Yeah. If you want just a very easy board game that both easy to play and understand, but it is surprisingly fun. Um, a friend showed me one. Um, it was called Hughes and Cues. Okay. And it's just a, a board that's just like, was it one, uh, 30 to, was it P? So was that like, let's just say 20. Okay. Uh, 30 by 20 grid of just squares and they're all different colors. And you just go around everyone, everyone person's like, you know, the leader, you change leader every round. Um, and the leader just picks a card and it tells you what color to pick. Like it tells you the coordinates of it, like 21 F and the person who drew that card, uh, has to describe that color using one word. And then everyone puts a token down on their best guess of what that color is. And then the person describes it using two words. And then everyone puts down a second token, guessing what color that is. Okay. And then you pull out a little three by three square that determines uh, points. So everyone on the outside of that square gets one point. Everyone on the immediate inside of that square gets two points. And anyone that got the point, the color exactly dead center of the square gets three. Okay. And it's, and that's it. It's very simple, but it was surprisingly fun and very easy to get into with uh, a lot of friends. That's really so, cool sounding, but all my only hesitation is I'm partially colorblind. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I was just thinking, they probably don't even offer a colorblind version of the game. That's because the whole game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, so it's, it's fine. Yeah. But no, I like I said, I'm partially, so maybe I'd still be able to play. It all depends. I, I'll be real with you. I came a dead fucking last. I was so <laughs> behind from everyone else. It's so like, there were some people who were getting points every round, every guess. I was like dead last. So like... Even if you don't get it, it's interesting to see what colors people associate with different things. So they'd be like, ah, it's ocean blue. And we're like, oh, I I went to the ocean in Jersey, so mine's a little grayish browner or a greenish browner than most people's. And everyone else is being like a clear blue color. I was like, huh. Yeah. You went to oh, a cleaner no. ocean than I did. <laughs> it's the friggin' uh – red and or black and white gold and blue dress or whatever do you remember that shit? god <laughs> oh, damn fuck. yeah basically. um but okay back to video games as far as what i've been playing no it's literally only been fall guys i apologize yeah. but no listen there's a huge update here for me as a this streamer is your podcast dog this, you this choose is, what to play but no the, and no this is what why it actually paid off that i'm playing fall More guys costumes. for this long no listen to this it was actually i'm still to this day mind blown lauren and i couldn't stop talking about it the night it happened but no on monday on my monday night stream i i just started up i'm playing fall guys i I forget if it was slime survivors or what but i was just like yeah let's just do the normal thing like we always do and i want to say five minutes into my stream i'm having like a couple of issues so like lauren's like telling me like we're, we're talking back and forth through the stream i'm like how's the volume for this she's like oh that's good and then in the chat, I see uh, a person, a new person in the chat, and they say, like, perfect. And I thought they were talking about, like, our audio levels. I was like, oh, yeah. perfect. I was like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, now's the time. And I was thinking, like, what is happening? And as I'm like, <laughs> and, and no, and I actually screwed up. So my chat was not visible on my monitor. So I was like, I'm going to have to pull this up. But I'm in the middle of a game. I get raided by this guy named King Blacktooth. He's a, a Twitch partner, and he's, like, a mm. very big Fall Guys streamer. Like, he's got 20-some thousand followers and, like, a big YouTube channel. 
and he just picked me out of no, out of random like people <laughs> streaming, and he yeah. sent like a raid of like fifty plus people, and uh, like it, shit was just straight up popping off as I was like, "What is happening?" And it was just such a wholesome moment of like, yeah, he was like, "Now is the perfect time." As I'm like just like setting up, <laughs> and he, yeah. and like so after the stream ended, I went and gave him a follow. During it, I was like shouting him out and be like, "Thank you so much!" And like a bunch of people gave us follows. It was like super like uh, an amazing moment. Uh, nice. One of his uh, followers g- gives subbed him to our channel so i was like just mind blown with by the support and how cool his community was and that he trusted with them coming over here but yeah (laughs) people stuck around it was cool i got a crown that stream it was like a lot of fun but no i it was extra cool just like after stream stopping in his channel and seeing like the moment where he's like let's raid over to somebody else and he was going through a couple people being like let's see this one guy started eating he's like not him and he picked he picked me and it was just absolutely (laughs) insane someone in the chat was like yeah look at his microphone it's awesome but i was like so then we they went over there and it was just such a wholesome moment because yeah you could see that at the end of his stream the moment he raided over and my raid alert is from grandma's boy with with like the guys oh, with right, the monkey right. driving and shit and he was yeah. just like cracking he, you could tell it was like just a wholesome moment so yeah now i'm a big fan of his like that was just so cool like i am always looking for new fall guy streamers anyway and yeah i was in his chat recently he's at 987 crowns and uh, yeah that's what that's what his youtube is focused around is like tutorial just videos all, helpful yeah. videos of like these are strategies to get crowns and stuff so it was just absolutely mind-blowing. I was like, the only reason this happened is because I'm playing Fall Guys. So I'm like super grateful and just like I, I essentially won He's the Twitch lottery. You. Yeah, He's no, I want your dude, addiction. It, well, that's what I mean. This we're isn't all, healthy. We're all into it. It's fine. Uh, no, I, not, I just, we're I was all into heroin. By. It's cool. <laughs> Well, no, we got season four literally coming out. Some Actually, as the time this episode airs, it'll be like today or tomorrow. So I'm excited to see what this new season has in store. But yeah, what a wholesome moment and like completely unexpected. Yeah, really boosted my mood and like made me feel like me Twitch streaming regularly has paid off in a little way. And I got some new followers. So yeah, super cool moment. It, it paid off investing into your, at least your setup and your layout of the uh, channel and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's the cool thing with Twitch is sometimes, yeah, I, I know plenty of people, who are, plenty of the bigger streamers who are just like, yeah, fucking let's raid someone either playing the same game as us or uh, some people do it with channel points where if you have a lot of channel points, you can recommend who to raid at the end of the stream. Yes, and guide different the stuff raid. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, oh, let's raid this random person that someone in the chat recommended. And yeah, you, you know, I've seen big streams throw like 15,000 people at someone who normally has five. <laughs> it's like, exactly. F- fucking hell. So. Yeah, I think I was sitting at two, and then we jumped up 50-some. I was like, okay, (laughs) this is wild. (laughs) It gets – there are times where it's great, and I've heard times where it's like, it's not always good because sometimes you have like 5,000 people just go into someone's chat who has no moderators or no bots, and it's like it just becomes anarchy, and it's like, oh, no. Yes. So, you know. That can be fun, too. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that that was my Fall Guys update. I'm still getting crowns. I think I'm currently sitting at 15 or 16, so I do want to get some more. There's a Thin Ice Trials going on right now, which is something I was wanting for a while. And it's just, yeah, two rounds of Thin Ice uh, where you lose five or six beans, and then a final of Thin Ice where you're usually left with only nine people anyway. So yeah, nine beans in a... All uh, in a showdown. So yeah, I love Thin Ice as a level, but yeah, haven't got a crown yet. I'm going to be streaming it for quite a few hours tonight. <laughs> so, Jesus. but that's in the past, listeners. Sorry, it is. 
The only game you play now. The only video game that matters in your it's, life. It, it, it's kind of upsetting how it just took over everything. But no, it's okay. I'll I'll play other games, I promise. And I'm playing. Mm-hmm. I'm moving my Harry Potter trading card game stream from Tuesdays to Wednesdays. But yeah, I'm not too sure if anybody cares. It's fine. I'll just shout it out now. All right, here's the thing. If you're a new listener and you tell us, prove it. I'll PayPal you five bucks. <laughs> if Doug play does not play a new game within the next month within april 20th plays it then God doug will have it. to pay me $10. I, fair. that's fair no i i actually sign up for this challenge i I will do my best to break the habit and not just one stream you have to no do yeah of course minimal. yeah that's fair because there's plenty you can just do like oh, i'll go back to hollow knight for an hour and then you just can play fall guys for seven more yeah no <laughs> i feel it i'm gonna try to uh see if i can get something more uh in the rotation regularly, but we'll see. But how about you? What have you been playing? You Anything you host new? host a video game podcast, I, I, man. You gotta play other I stuff. I know, I have to, but it's just Fall Guys. It's so good. It's it's your comfort game, but that's like Binding of Isaac in mind. You have to force yourself out of it. As it's, I say that, as I've been playing Binding of Isaac again. It's fair. But, but I am also playing other stuff. <laughs> So that's the only thing. also fair. And yeah, you say it's my comfort game. It's also such a stressful game. Good God, it's brutal. It's it's stressful like in that moment, but it's not going to be something that like, like once you're out of that run, once you're out of that round, whatever they call them. Yeah, show. You're not stressed anymore. Yeah, yeah show. I'm so only it's stressed like, when it's, I come in second place, and it's like fuck. Yeah, you're so <laughs> that close. happens quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like minor stress. So it's like the adrenaline of stress, and then it goes away quickly. So it's not right. lingering with you. So it's not like uh, you know a fighting game where someone's like practicing it day and night for months on end for like a tournament because that's that's why i don't really get into fighting games i don't i'm not invested nearly enough to put myself through that stress of committing to play them right i'm also just not good but that's not (laughs) relevant uh anyway uh yeah me i've been playing a bit of isaac like i said that's my comfort game i'll just if i just want to zone out and not pay attention throw on you know music and just kind of relax i'll just do a, a round of that and um, I've been playing Isaac a lot because he starts off with an item where you can re-roll items if you don't like them. Yeah. Um, so you have the active item and it charges while you're on a run. And if you get to an item and it's like, ooh, this one sucks, you can re-roll it, but it's, you know, equal parts being better and equal parts being worse. So uh, I like playing as him just because I can change up the shittier items. And then a lot of the times I've just been <laughs> debatably getting better is debatably the right term, or maybe getting worse, of just quitting the run when I don't feel like doing it anymore. Right. Because I have nothing to unlock anymore, uh, I think, with Isaac, as far as I know. So if I'm playing the run and I'm, like, five rooms in, and I'm just like, man, my items kind of suck. Like, I could I beat it with this? Yeah, I could. But I don't really feel like it. You know, the items I got are boring or just not good. So I would just quit the run and, you know, do something else or just do another run real quick and start over. Yeah, and hope for better odds. Yeah, because at this point, I, I've gotten most of the stuff that I'm aware of or that I care to get. Right. So I'm not, like, striving for anything. It's like, if I'm not enjoying the run right I'm on right now, if I get, I'll get something else. Because there are room, you can get, like, curses in a room or on a floor. So it'd be, like, the Curse of Darkness, where just the screen is darker. Or the Curse of the Unknown, where your map is all blanked out, so you don't know where you are at any point. Um, a- another variant of the Curse of the Unknown is all the items on that floor are just a question mark. You don't know what they are until you pick them up. Oh, damn. And with uh, the passive items that just upgrade you, you can't put them down. 
the active ones you can pick up and trade it out with something else. But the passive ones, once you pick it up, you have it forever. Right. And if you have Curse of the Unknown and you pick up an item and you don't know what it is and it's a shitty item, you don't know that until you already picked it up. So you can't re-roll it. So there are times where I was like, hey, I'm doing pretty good on this run. And then I pick up soy milk, which increases <laughs> which increases your fire rate to the highest it can go in that game. But then it decreases your damage rate to the lowest it can go. And I say that's one of the worst items in the whole game. Turns you into a soy boy. No, soy, soy boy beta cock. So because damage is, in my opinion, grossly more important than firing rate. Yeah. So at least in that game. Um, so there are times where I pick it up and I pick up a shitty item and not know it. And I was like, oh, all right, this run's ruined. Let me just start over completely. So uh, still playing that from time to time just to wind down. But the DLC is coming out in two weeks, in about a week. We're getting there, listen. End of March. So I'll have new content for that to play through. Hell but yeah. Honestly, from what I've seen, like I'll probably enjoy it for a good two months. But I do think I'm hitting the wall with Binding of Isaac where, you know, I'm just tired of doing it over and over again. Surprisingly, after like 900 hours or something. Yeah, that's where so. I'll be with Fall Guys eventually, but not with a new season right around the corner. So Yeah, it, mine's the same thing. DLC is my season. Keeping it alive, exactly. Hopefully you get to that breaking point way before uh, a thousand hours. Because yeah. I've done it with Overwatch 2. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's fair. Else? Loop Hero, still playing that on and off again. Nice. Uh, like I said before. I'm enjoying it greatly. It's a very good game. It's very unique and cool of how many genres it mashes together and it works, like all the mechanics. Yeah. I'm not as obsessive as some people are. Some people have already gotten like 100 hours in it and stuff, and it's like, oh, that's a lot. Um, Last time I was playing it, I got to the second stage. I unlocked the Necromancer class, and that changed everything. That made it a lot easier because you're so- in, uh, in the game, like I said, you're not attacking actively the hero is just doing his own stuff yeah uh so they would be attacking and you could increase like your damage you do or the attack speed you do so you can attack faster but you're still not controlling when he attacks with the necromancer instead of attacking your attack speed is you summoning skeletons so the higher the higher your attack speed is the faster you can summon skeletons so you can summon more skeletons hell yeah and you have a certain a maximum you can summon but then some of the items you can get can upgrade that max number from two is your base number, and then get three, four, five. I think maybe six might be the highest, just equipment wise. And that's one of those games where when you're outnumbering someone, the battle changes drastically. Like it really is a numbers game in that regard. Um, but then you have like the levels of your skeletons or the quality of your skeletons, which are different. Um, the levels are basically like how tough they are, how much health they have, and how much health they take away when they attack. The quality of them is. Uh, you either have basic skeletons or you can get like special units, like some that do more damage, some that are more defense focused with shields. So you got to like balance all of that as well as your other stats as well with the Necromancer. Okay. And it changed the second chapter of that game so drastically. I was like, this is easy. I bought, I beat the boss on my first time playing as the Necromancer and it was the first time I fought that boss. So I didn't know, I didn't even know what I was doing and I was able to beat them first try. I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to be smooth sailing. I'll just play as a necromancer all the time and just buff all of their stuff. Good good Christ, no. <laughs> Chapter 3 is so much harder, and I really don't know why. I didn't oh, even make damn. it to the boss, and I'm just like... Because every chapter, all of the enemies get a new ability. So oh. they all get harder, and it just it scales up, and it's just like... 
oh, this is rough, and they're adding new cards. And, and like I said, it's still really fun. It's still really cool, but it is definitely a challenge. Hard, yeah. yeah. And it because it's so many different mechanics, it's not. I I don't really know the strategy. I don't know how to easily combat this because, like I said, some of it's like, oh, you just get the best items, which is just going through the loops and fighting harder and harder monsters, getting better items. But some of them are not, some of the strategy, like I said, is not putting down cards because right. each each card you put down increases the chance of or uh, increases the progress bar for the boss spawning. So sometimes you just want to go a few loops without putting anything down, right? But then the tiles that you put down also help you. So like I got a forest t- uh, cards now that increase my attack speed by two percent every forest I put down, and then rocks increase my max HP by like five points. So it's like, well, if I got those, I gotta put them down. Exactly, they, they help me. But then part of the strategy is not putting them down and just surviving the loop you're on. But then every loop you go on, the monsters get harder. And if you're not putting those top, those cards down, you're not getting stronger. So it's like, ah, uh, can I survive another loop without yeah. dying? And oh it's, man! And I think that's the strategy of like managing your card output versus your input, because you can you also have only so many cards. If you have too many cards, they start deleting themselves. And you'll get a resource for that, but you only get that resource back to camp if you survive. So, like, it's not worth it, you know, turning them all into resources if you just end up dying anyway. Right. So, it's, like, it's a real cool game, but it's it's tough to wrap my brain around. Yeah, it so seems it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it, but it is, I think the difficulty and just the sheer uh, uniqueness of it is, like, pu- putting me on pause of, like, I, I don't need to run back to that right away. Yeah, um, and I thought Trash Pandas was complicated, Jesus. Yeah, it's, yeah. Imagine Trash Pandas, but it's always running. You never can stop it. It's just like, I don't, I don't, it's, it's that episode of I Love Lucy where she's in the chocolate factory and the conveyor belt just keeps going and the chocolate piles up and her and Ethel don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Does anyone like this 75-year-old reference? Just uh, me? No, just you. I, I know what you're referencing, but I'm going to pretend like I don't for our younger <laughs> listeners. Maybe Judge Greg gets that one. Yeah. Even that's 30 years older than he is. But yeah, so it's it's fun, but it does get out of hand real quick. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm done. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so confused. So uh, besides that, I bought a new game because uh, I tossed it out to a few friends of mine seeing if they want to play it. It's a co-op game called uh, Warhammer Vermintide 2. Oh, damn. So uh, Whitney might actually have been uh, on board with this one because I have oh, her yeah. and her boyfriend are playing uh, Warhammer now. We're going to have uh, to get her back on soon. Yeah. So it's the Warhammer universe. For anyone who doesn't know what Warhammer's about, neither do I. So we're on the same board. <laughs> same there. here. Yep. Yeah. It's it's like fantasy, but then also there's like space marines. Yes. I don't fucking know. Um, but it seems really cool and an expensive hobby. Doug might be getting into it next oh, time. Oh, no. Please, no. Um, but it's the second one. I have the first one. I have Vermintide 1. Never played it. And I said, fuck it. Let me just buy Vermintide 2. <laughs> Because it's supposed to be just better. Like, they learned from the first one and improved on stuff a lot in the second one. And it's on sale right now on Steam, so it was like 7 bucks. So, simple enough. Downloading it. This is a beefy game. If you plan on getting this game, it is dense. So, just be ready to, like, put your computer... Like, do it overnight while you're sleeping. Well, how many gigs? It's like 70, I think. Yeah, no, that's a beefy game. Damn. Yeah. And then it downloaded... Uh, a closed test version of the game as well because it's like it's like a closed beta version where they're upgrading stuff and where you can like m- there's mods you can do with it and stuff 
yeah. uh, like an XCOM. So it essentially downloaded two games, basically, like two versions of the same game, basically. Um, so it's it's a thick lad. But for anyone who doesn't know, Vermintide Two is essentially Left for Dead, but in the fantasy setting. So you play as four characters, you run on a co-op mission, and you're just fighting through hordes and hordes and hordes of rat men and, like, orc monsters and just, like, crazed humans and just slicing your way through all of them. Uh, it's kind of like a Dynasty Warriors game where it's just yeah. one versus a thousand, but in a condensed area and you can get overrun pretty quickly. Um it's real fun. Uh, there's five different characters. There's like a human knight, essentially. The elf, uh, ranger, the dwarf. Uh, he's not a paladin, per se, but like the heavy hitter dwarf. He's got like a shotgun as one of his weapons and like a big hammer. Damn. Um, a witch hunter. Uh, I haven't played as him yet, so I don't really know what he does. And like a battle mage who just shoots fire around for her range weapons. So... Everyone gets a melee weapon, everyone gets a ranged weapon, and then everyone has, like, a special ability that charges up while you're fighting. Nice. And while you're running around, you can pick up health potions or healing kits if someone goes down. Uh, You can pick up a variety of other potions, like a speed potion, a strength potion that makes you stronger, or uh, your ability potion, which makes your ability meter charge up faster to use it again. Uh, And then you have your uh, grenades, your throwables like you have a bomb or an incendiary grenade which just fire everywhere i'm sure there's more variety later but i I, i'm like maybe maybe like two or three hours into this i've only played with a few characters yeah and yeah so it's a you know four player co-op game where you're just running through this area like left for dead and you're just fighting your way through swarms and swarms of enemies and every now and then there's a special unit uh in this one in left for dead there's a, a smoker who's like a smoke zombie who shoots his tongue out and pulls you back and you have to go and rescue that person. And this one, it's a hook rat. So it's just like this little rat character with a big hook that'll just hook you by the neck and drag you back and you have to rescue that person as well. Uh, There's like rats that throw bombs and poison. Um, The first time I played, we got to a broken like bridge area of like a castle and we were fighting this big like behemoth sort of monster with like a battery pack and like a rat on its back so you had to shoot at that otherwise it was like invincible and it was pretty tough uh the good thing is you can play with bots uh if you don't have other people to play with and then if you do want you can either play with friends which is great uh or you can just do quick play and just jump into a random game that's already going and join other players nice so the menu's kind of odd for the online play but it does seem pretty easy like you hop in you just keep going and you you start getting points from that point you joined uh, or you can just hop out or whatever. So it seems easy enough. And uh, so, yeah, when I played the first time, I was the elf ranger. And I was doing pretty good. And we got to the part with the broken bridge and the behemoth, like I was talking about. And I was doing fine. I wasn't that damaged. And I turned my back. And then I was yeeted off the top of this castle going like 50 miles per hour. Damn. What okay. happened? The beh- One of the behemoths that attack is it can knock players back. And because we were on top of, like, a castle bridge path, he just knocked me back, and I just went flying over the edge and died instantly. So, that sucks. Gotta but, love it. But I still got, like, all the experience and stuff for up to that point. So it wasn't like, game over, you get nothing. Tough luck. Like, I yeah. still got points. Um, and if you're playing with other players, when someone dies, like Left for Dead, you can find them later in the map and kind of respawn them. They'll respawn and you can rescue them. But because I was the only player... 
there was no one who would be able to do that. So I just, the game was over and I died. Um, the cool oh, thing man. is, yeah, it happens, but I was able to get back in there and do it all over again and learn from my mistake. Yep. Cool thing is you get experience and with experience, you get like a chest that has three items in it. And this is where the loot crate system sort of comes into play. Uh, fortunately, from what I can tell, the only thing you can buy stuff, there is microtransactions, there is a ton of DLC. Um, and you can buy in-game currency. From what I can tell, all the in-game currency and that stuff where you can buy like actual money for is just cosmetic. Yeah. So as far as I can tell, it's only different styles and different clothing and weapons and stuff. So fortunately, that's not, you know, you need to get it. And uh, with when you level up, you get like a crate. There's different collectibles in the levels, like bonuses you can get. Um, so if you bring this like spell book back to the end of the level, you'll get an additional bonus. But that spell book takes up your health potion slot. So if you want that extra bonus, you don't have a health potion for the rest of that game. Okay. So it's like kind of a give and take, which is really neat. Yeah. Um, and you'll find other health potions in the level. So you can just like drop your uh, spell book, pick up the health potion, drink it, and then grab it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So you just won't have it on you in combat if you're like really weak. Uh, but the benefit is if you go down, uh, another player can pick you back up with like temporary HP. Or they can heal you themselves. You can give and trade items freely, which is nice, like in Left 4 Dead. Yeah. So it's just real fun and satisfying. Just, you know, it's the same appeal of Left 4, Left 4 Dead, but melee. Because I know Left 4 Dead melee was like sometimes pretty good and then sometimes very detrimental. And now that's the opposite in this, where melee is the standard and then your ranged weapon can be very good or very detrimental. Um, gotcha. And everyone's got them. The Battle Wizard has like an overheat. So, because they're casting spells, they don't have limited ammo. Like, they don't ever have to reload on the ammo. The downside is if they use it too much, they'll overheat and burst into flames and just die instantly. So, there's a cool way of balancing that. Right. And and each of the characters has three different classes, I think. Or three different variants. And I think that changes their gameplay style a bit. I haven't gotten them yet, uh, because I'm still playing, still so new to it, but... Uh, yeah, it's very fun, and I know I'm very, very, very late to this game because it you know came out probably a good decade plus ago. <laughs> um, and it's one of those online games where, hey, this ship sailed. There's like ten people playing this in the world right now, so there's not a lot of active lobbies to jump into and play with others. Sure, but, yeah. But uh, if I can get my friends to play it too and hop in with them, it's it's a great like just four person player game because. It's there's both enough difficulty where you have to coordinate like when a boss appears like a troll or something where you have to like all right go with this side go that side coordinate like on that side and plan the attack but then it's also just mindless like dynasty where you're slaughtering bodies like left and right where you don't have to be good at this like it doesn't take a lot of skill to play yeah um, but and mash. Then, pretty much and then there are different difficulty levels there's I think three to begin with and then you, you unlock the hardest one later. So, even if you do want more of a challenge that requires more, like, focus and skills, you can bump up the difficulty. So, that's mostly what I've been playing. And with the chest you get, uh, it's good that the cosmetic stuff is the only stuff you can buy because you get so many stuff from the chest. You get three items per chest, and then those items can all be either equipped or just crushed down into other resources to make other ones or upgrade the ones you already have. And there's a lot of variety in crafting with that stuff. So... You're never in short supply of stuff that looks cool. But if you want, like, this specific gold and black skull helmet, 
that'll cost you four ninety nine. That makes sense. Yeah, so it's purely cosmetic. And one thing I appreciate is with like loot uh, running gunner games or like looter shooters, games that have a ton of equipment that you'll pick up, it prioritizes the damage uh, of those or whatever buff it is. Yeah, it prioritizes that buff by the highest number. When, so when sorting I, those items, yeah, yeah. So when I go into my inventory, it's like, like you got eleven new swords. The first one is going to be the highest damage dealing sword. The other ones might have like special bonuses that balance it out that you right. might not care about. The, but the first one's going to be the highest, and it organizes by that by default. And that's so nice compared to some of the games I played recently. So especially like uh, control, like control. I don't it the organization and the inventory stuff was pretty rough with the upgrades. Yeah. So it's so refreshing of like, I don't want to deal with these 11 swords to see which one's the best and counterbalance all their unique features or special skills or this or that. It's like, this sword does 75 damage. The next sword does 45 damage. That means everything else is garbage because it's so weaker compared to the one I have now. Yep. So so I'm like, cool, I equip the strongest one and I trash all the others to use as like (laughs) resources to upgrade the one I equipped. Definitely. And it just, it makes it so much, so seamless and so streamlined. Because that, that was a big complaint when I played Divinity 2 with a friend of mine. He's like, he got so annoyed because I kept going in our inventory trying to organize it. And when one person pauses the game, it pauses it for both players. And I was like, no, the the backpack is a mess. And I got to just compartmentalize <laughs> everything. And he just got so annoyed because he would just use whatever was on his hand. He didn't he didn't even ever look at the book backpack. So, uh, yeah, from, from the few times I played it, I think there's a story here. I couldn't fucking tell you what it is, yeah. but but you're not playing it for the story. You're playing it to play the same level a thousand times and just mindlessly mindlessly slaughter rat men that are trying to you know convert you into a monster or something. So it's a real kind of mindless Zen combat game, and I, it, I'm enjoying it. And uh, hopefully, I can get a few of my buddies to play it. It's it's just a good like. This would be a great game for like Mark and our buddies, like just a few beers. On like a Friday night, hanging with buddies on like voice chat and just doing that because there's really no consequence if you fuck up or if you're doing good or bad. Like, yeah, it, there's it, there's no high stakes to it. So just fun. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. There is some bullshit though. Like, there's an assassin that'll come up and it's cool because you'll they give you tells when a special unit is coming by. So with the hook rat, it you hear the clattering of its skulls like on its waist it has uh, carrying around. So you'll hear the clinking of skulls. So you'll know one's coming or the assassin. You'll hear it like whispering things in your ear. So even if it's not around you yet, you still know it's coming. And you can prepare for it. Right. But the assassin just sucks because it just appears out of nowhere and jumps onto you like the jockey in Left 4 Dead and just starts doing a ton of damage. And uh, the crappy thing is sometimes that can knock you over the edge and like kill you on a certain map. So sometimes you're going to get blind shotted. But the benefit is it's pretty forgiving with either reviving players or healing so it's give and take yeah assassins suck uh, they're like in talisman too <laughs> yeah they're kind of broken there's a reason why so many people try to play rogues and shit because it's yeah. high damage because you don't have to worry about everything else if everyone's dead fair enough uh 
but is that about it for what you've been playing these days? Yeah. Maybe we can dive into some news topics. I know I just want to shout out, uh, I did get around to seeing that trailer for the new Life is Strange. It's called Life is Strange True Colors. And man, they know how to make a good trailer because I'm like actually interested again. <laughs> like, this but... game, okay, no, this game looks really good actually. Uh, I, I don't know. I think graphically it's stunning at like how far we've come. Like, honestly, like the Life is Strange games weren't particularly like amazing visually but they got the job done uh with this newest one like boy like howdy the freaking graphics are insane like every little detail and like this world they're like uh depicting is like so believable like the bokeh and like the on the camera shots and like all this like blurry backgrounds like they really have like an artsy like a group of people working on this game and that's the thing it's uh by deck nine this time so that's the people that mm. were responsible for uh before, before the storm yeah. and it's not involving don't don't nod the people that did life is strange too so and it's <laughs> technically not even life is strange three it's life is strange true colors so i i'm i have hope for this game it seems like the power uh this time around is that this main character her name if i'm not mistaken is alex she can sense other people's emotions so that can kind of like come in handy as far as like reading like the room and like being like oh well if this person's angry that means they might be lying about this but she also goes as far as saying like sometimes i can read their emotions but also understand why they're feeling that so like Mm -hmm. and also if like certain like very powerful emotions are present like it'll like affect her in some way so like all around like it's definitely intriguing it feels like the original like what drew me to life is strange was like this mysterious like atmosphere and uh, character and setting but the interesting thing about this one is that it will not be episodic which i'm like i don't know how to feel about it because in theory i'm gonna be like yes give me the game all at once i'm excited about that but uh but the on the other hand i'm thinking to myself you lose the agency of like having those enormous cliffhangers and i feel like that to me is what life is strange is like going from one episode being like what the actual fuck and then even like (laughs) like let's say you don't have to wait and it's just episodic you could like start up the next episode right away i just like how it's like broken into those chapters essentially the pacing yeah so it's gonna be interesting just getting it all at once but all all around i'm actually surprisingly optimistic for life is strange true colors uh, it's interesting with the ability because that seems her being able to read people's emotions, particularly and not thoughts. Because yes. that seems specifically catered to a dialogue-heavy, focused game like Life is Strange, where it's oh, like, oh, for sure. Here's you. You might not be able to tell from the acting because it's kind of stiff with these models, or like the voice acting, like or this or that, or the context. But here's what this character is feeling. If yeah, you really we're telling need you directly. Explain. Yeah, exactly. That's it's going to be interesting. I know with the first one, um, I watched like a few playthroughs of it. One streamer in particular, I agreed with like David and his character in the first Life is Strange game, where it's like David's an asshole throughout most of the game, but you know he's coming from the right place, and he does a lot of he does bad stuff. Oh, for at sure. Times. But like at the end of the game, it's like, ah, he was a good guy and he just was not able to express it the right way or came across the wrong way. And I felt like that was pretty clear, at least for me, but I, I had a feeling that was going to come, that was coming anyway. Yeah. Um, but for anyone who doesn't, yeah. yeah, but for anyone who didn't know and saw it at face value, of like David's an asshole, fuck him. It's like, and then you see at the end, it's like, oh no, I should have been nicer. Uh, versus the opposite of like the walking dead's telltale game where, 
there's a character called Ben who's like the nerd. And I was like, all right, Ben's going to pay off in the end somehow. He's going to like pull his weight and save us all at the end or something. So I'm going to be nice to Ben the whole time, even though he's kind of annoying and like dragging ass. And it feels like a chore to have him like save his ass all the time. Right. No. Ben sucks ass. Ben does fucking nothing. The best thing Ben does is die. And he could have done that. Damn. Oh, snap. Me and Mark talked about this. Like, Ben sucks. (laughs) But then, like, in Life is Strange, you see these other characters, like, come around where it's like, ah, David. Or, like, Warren. It's like, oh, Warren. Mm." So. Yeah. uh, It is interesting that there's, like, it's both cool that that ability exists, but it does seem very specific to the dialogue mechanics of the game of, like, Here's your hint. Wink. He's feeling sad. Like, it really tells you. But uh, if they also have the mechanic of it influencing the character herself, that could be an interesting way of, like, maybe you can't trust your abilities because you're being so influenced by their emotions at that time. Yeah. So, like, so that, that'll be interesting. But um, with the episodic stuff, everyone I've seen talk about this seems pretty relieved with the episodic um, there's plenty of games that have chapters. Like I said, Loop Hero is based is broken into different chapters. Um, but that's based on like the bossy play. Yeah. So you can still have that pacing, but you won't have the water cooler talk that you and like Greg had have, and everybody and like Pat. Um, while you wait, yeah. While you wait, speculating, and that's the same argument people have with streaming services like Netflix, where the difference of like you have to wait every week to watch the new episode versus getting it all at once. Exactly. And some people make that same argument of like, ah, oh, I miss being able to speculate. It's like you still can, but now it's just your the balls own, in your court. Yeah, the exactly. balls in your court. You have to control that. And there are some people like me who upload the game. Yeah. Oh, like, just binge shit. Just yeah. instantly. Absolutely. And because I want to, but there are some people who like, I play for two hours a night and that's the max. And no matter <laughs> where I am, I stop. So like someone like that. Normal I, humans, not well, lunatics hey, like us. Let's not judge. <laughs> no, fair enough. So it'll be different where I'll be like, oh yeah, that character does. And it's like, oh wait, no, that's a spoiler. You didn't get there yet. So I have to stop myself. So um, I think with the episodic stuff, I do understand the appeal of the pacing, but you could still do that by putting in in-game breaks. Like, yeah, you don't have to wait, you know, seven months for the next episode, but it can be like a fade to black moment. Maybe cut to a different character, maybe showcase them a bit and it come back or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I do say, I do think the episodic is worse for games because by the time the next episode comes out, like with Life is Strange 2, we don't remember what the fuck just happened. That was and I don't want to play I don't yeah. want to play through seven more hours of the same shit I already did just to find the story of where we left off. That's an excellent point. I think the reason they're going this way is because of how bad the Life is Strange 2 episode the wait in between episodes was. That was probably the worst it ever has been. Like it worked with the first one because I feel like they almost had the entire game done when they're like, let's release episode yeah, it one. Was close to versus finished. Life is Strange 2, which I felt like they were like madly developing, being like, we gotta keep up with this demand, and it was still like a slow burn. So yeah, I'm actually excited that it's all gonna be available in one go. But that's one th- other thing I'll mention real quick is that uh as part of the ultimate edition and eventually as a standalone later they are re-releasing before the storm and the original life is strange as a remastered collection so knowing well okay it's way too early for that i agree but listen though knowing how bad the graphics technically were in the beginning and what i'm seeing with true colors it gives me hope that if i were to revisit this on like a next gen like the playstation 5 it will like be like this is an actually a graphical update worth uh, doing i'm curious if that's going to be the case or if i'm just going to say it's the same game and it's not it's like a minimal upgrade i think what they should do is make it so it's just like just completely night and day like 
because we're on I, a new gen, a new generation of consoles. I mean, it's very easy to just say it should be better, do better, and like not understanding the technology behind it. Of uh, course, like like oh, would I love if Life is Strange looked like Last of Us Two? Sure, that's a lot of fucking work, though. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure, not well, gonna... that's well, knowing that they have the ability of doing it with true colors. Do they? Though? I think uh, just seeing that trailer was pretty uh, visually impressive. I'm curious if they can uh, kind of upgrade the previous games to that standard maybe not that extreme but perhaps i mean you could take a triscale and slap an engine inside of it doesn't mean it's going to be running well so like i i don't know how much they actually have i i'm always very aware of my ignorance when it comes to game development so i never want to say like it's easy like uh i know some people are saying with like the sonic the hedgehog redesign of like it's easy just use a better program and you can make a prettier sonic like that's not how fucking design works that's not how cgi works at all oh no so yeah and um so i don't know how the upgrade would be i think with life is strange they saw the limitation in the graphics that they had and went more towards a stylized approach because it was a very like watercolor aesthetic or not a watercolor but more paint paintly aesthetic for the whole thing definitely and that very quickly grew on me i remember seeing the trailers being like "Ooh, this doesn't look that good and then in game seeing how it's done like with some of the like stuff you don't really interact with some of the more stationary backgrounds and stuff being like, Oh, that's actually prettier. And I got adjusted to it a lot quicker. And I, I liked it that way. But if they like try to make it like 4k resolution, max, yes. it's like, Ooh, no, I don't like, mm, no, I think this they is weird. Are, and that's, I'm looking at like this, like 42 second trailer they released for the remastered collection. And yeah, it's just, it does look like last of us almost as far as like these details on these faces and stuff, but it's yeah. The life is strange character cast of characters uh they do maintain like that like unique look like you were describing with like watercolor aesthetic essentially like i i have a feeling it is what they're trying to do is like when you play the old school life is strange game on a 4k tv it might not look that great this way it will so i'm at least i'm most likely going to get the ultimate edition and just get that bundle together of course i have to and i would like if i do want to revisit these games i don't want to fire up the pc or a previous generation console so if i'm playing on ps5 let's get that remastered baby it's i'm excited but again i kind of agree with your standpoint of like does this need to exist right now uh they're probably just capitalizing on how bad life is strange 2 did and they're being like well at least we have a new game and if we bundle this in there well yeah we'll get some more brownie points with the community it is fun oh and uh people speculate about nick jenkins as well he'd get mad if we didn't mention. oh of course because um, he's definitely the, bi- definitely the biggest he was the one yeah he reviewed boy. life is strange 2 with me the last time we did a whole spoiler cast yeah i i like life is strange one plenty i think it's a great game i'm not so crazy about uh before the storm mostly with the characters and the portrayals in it i loved uh, it and i wasn't crazy about Life is Strange 2. I didn't play it. I watched the last play of it. Uh, but I don't think I hated it nearly as much as you and Mark did. I don't so. hate it. Uh, that's the thing. I just was uh, underwhelmed. That's really it. Yeah, but I, I my argument is also I think you you two, uh, guys put Life is Strange 1 on a pedestal a good amount. I think oh, it's a great sure. game. I don't think it's this mind-altering like experience that everyone should go through. I think it's a great game, though. But like I said, I I would not give a shit about it if it was a TV show. I think playing as Max was the fun part for me. Like the oh, agency sure. of the game. Um, but it, maybe that's an argument for why uh, my opinion is colored with Life is Strange too. I didn't play it. Like, uh, so uh, I just watched the Let's Play. But yeah, I, I'm curious to see what they do with another one. It's funny hearing you sing the praises of Life is Strange 1 so much 
and then not two, even though it's done by the same studio, and then uh, don't, and then uh, before the storm, so much, even though that was done by a different studio. Yeah, I'm surprised so. about that too, to be honest. And I think another reason I have issues with two was just like the waits in between and just being like, ah, oh, this game's annoying it's, the hell out of me. It was really yeah. long. Yeah. yeah, it pissed me off. That's kind of why I'm worried about the Final Fantasy VII remake. Like, hey, that was a lot better than I thought it'd be. I thought it would be garbage. So I, I'll fully admit that I was wrong about this Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, I got that for free recently. I'm excited to try it out. But being episodic, no one's going to remember what happened by the exactly. time the second one comes out. So, so maybe they made a right decision by uh, uh, releasing this next one, True Colors, all at once. It probably was the right call. I'd say so. Episodic can do the pacing well and a lot of the speculation with fans, but I think the payoff's not worth it. If you can release the full game uh, the uh, all at once, I think that's better, but that's yeah. my opinion. And we got so. a release date. It's September 10th, so look forward to that. Not too far away. There you go. Uh, what else? That's all I had. Yeah, anything else in the news, Bren? Uh, let's see. Blizzard has a bunch of people being laid off, which sucks. But... <sighs> The thing that makes it newsworthy is I got this story from Hard Drive Magazine, which is like The Onion, but for video games specifically. So a parody magazine. Okay. Um, I got it because they made an article about it joking years ago or like two years ago saying Blizzard gives employees bo- uh, loot box with an 8.3% chance of containing a pink slip and being laid off. Jesus. That was the, that was the joke article. Yeah, that's funny. At Like just as a joke. I mean, it's still like... The- uh. Fuck off, Blizzard. (laughs) The actual story is Blizzard laid off a bunch of people despite saying it was the most profitable year uh, for them financially. Um, No, that was in 2019. They laid off more people despite being more profitable. Uh, But the kicker is they gave all the employees they laid off a $200 gift card to the Blizzard Battle.net. Oh, my God. If you lay me off, you can stick that gift card up your ass. Yeah, you really think just because they work there that that, that means like they want to like buy some like loot crates or like skins or whatever? Like, what does that? If, what does if that, I spent years staring at Overwatch characters, tweaking those, and having to work on them all the time, and you know Blizzard does crunch time, and you give me a gift card to get a Reinhardt skin, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're out of your mind if you think I want to stare at those characters any more than I already have for payment. Well, it, my yeah, own free time. At that point, it's not even like it's like almost just insulting. It's like, yeah, you're that's you, Blizzard. What, you you get fired at your job at Target, and they're like, "Here's a twenty dollar gift card." <laughs> it's like, wait, I mean, what? I mean, this is also the company that held uh, a Hearthstone tournament, and then the winner of it talked about the support supporting Hong Kong in their protest for democracy, and Blizzard both cut the stream took away his prize, took away his title, and also That's fired right. the commentators that were talking to him, who literally did nothing. Jesus. They, didn't, they had nothing to do with it, and they fired those two commentators as well. So, yeah, Blizzard's shitty. Yep. That's I, not I won't defend them. <laughs> I'm not even a big fan of their games. No. Uh, quick news, because I know we're not as invested. Uh, a new Among Us map is coming out uh, March 31st, so at the end of this month, same time, buy the Isaac DLC. So... Hey, Among Us might be coming back up. I, I had plenty of fun with it, but definitely did get worn out with the public, like public games rather. Yeah. Um, because it was just a bunch of people joining a match real quick and then not being the killer and then all of them leaving. So unless they figure out like a, a lobby system, like way to resolve that. Um, I don't know how big it'll get, but yeah, new map, new, a bunch of changes to it. So new starting locations, uh, new tasks to do. Uh, new objectives and stuff so that'll be neat 
Um, I'm curious to see if it does give it a boost again. I know it was very popular, but um, yeah. It's I, just I'm curious though because I feel like yeah people fall off a game but with that yeah. one uh, it's just gonna be interesting. I, I think it'll be a short boost. It won't be as big as it was when it initially got that boost because it came out like 2018, but it got huge exactly. in 2020. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be a, a good boost for like a month or two, and then it'll kind of drop off. It'll be like the flavor of the month sort of thing. Yeah, but and definitely then, cool for fans. Uh, yeah, that'll yeah, be fun. and then maybe some people that did used to play it and stopped will come back and stick to it longer now or stuff. I think it'll give it a good revital uh, re- revitalization. Yeah, but exactly. I don't think it'll be like a revolution like lasting. The first time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, I'll probably go back to it just to see what the new map's about. But for I, sure, yeah, it's once again another thing. Like I only play with my friends now because public lobbies are so shitty at this point. Yeah. Um, what else? Quick ones. Uh, Sony bought Evo, the fight, the massive fighting game tournament. Evo. Wow. Sony has acquired the rights to them, so don't be surprised if there's a lot more Sony exclusive fighting games in those tournaments now. Because before it would just be like a whole mashup of like Smash Brothers and PlayStation All... No, it's never PlayStation All-Stars. But like Guilty Gear, Tekken, and Street Fighter, and like Fatal... Fr- no, not Fatal Frame. Uh, what am I thinking of? Fatal Fury. Yeah. Um, so it'd be a whole collection of different fighting games. And like with the Smash Brothers, they had to play it online. And Nintendo's online support is notoriously shit, especially for Smash Brothers. So they took Smash Brothers out of the rotation for a few times um, for stuff like that. But now that there's one game company that owns the rights to the whole tournament don't be surprised that there's some bullshit happening with a like favoring companies that work exclusively with sony or something like that and maybe not the other ones right so i maybe this will be good maybe this will give it more support to the structure of evo overall maybe they got more money to play with now exactly that's what but, i'm thinking there's got to be something some positive in there <laughs> i'm a pessimist there's no positivity <laughs> in the world but i i wouldn't be surprised if there's like hey now PlayStation All-Stars is in the rotation for Evo for some fucking reason. Yeah, like, no, we don't need that. that. Yeah, yeah no. ugh. Like, I love seeing Power Apple the Rapper fighting Kratos, the God of War, as much as the next person, but, like, it's not a good game. Right. Or at least not good at, like, fighting game terms. Uh, and the last thing I had is just real quick, because it's just, I can't not mention this. There's an Animal Crossing horror movie being made. What? <laughs> that's the, <laughs> that's the uh, answer I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, the reaction. So there was apparently a short film made by the director who did the Wanted movie. No, not Wanted movie, the Angelina Jolie and... Uh, oh, yes. Uh, what's his name? The guy who plays young Professor X. Yeah, uh, fuck. I've, it's, I'm blanking. McAvoy. Dave McAvoy. Something like that. Yeah. Um, apparently the director of that movie, Wanted, and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, which... Hey, that's just a fun popcorn movie. Like, don't expect anything serious from it, but that's just of a course. fun movie. Of course, yeah. Book's not that bad either. Book's all right. It's a fun time. Um, apparently, he made a short film called Don't Peek that's basically a girl in her bedroom playing Animal Crossing, and the stuff that happens in Animal Crossing happens in real life. So, like, when she turns off the light or when she shuts the door, the door shuts, and she's like, oh, this is neat. And then a monster appears in the Animal Crossing game, and sure enough, a monster appears in her bedroom. And it's, yeah. It's like a six-minute short film. It's on YouTube, so you can watch it. Um, I mean, I basically just told you the whole plot. It it is cool. It's, it is well done. It is worth the watch. Uh, but apparently it's being made into a full-feature film. Oh, damn. Yeah, I was going to say, just even conceptually as like a little short film or video, that sounds really fun. But yeah, a full movie out of it? Oh, I don't boy. know how that'll work. But yeah, yeah that's going to be interesting. <laughs> that'll definitely be milking the premise because like, 
yeah, it's what happens in the game happens in real life. There's a monster in the game. There's a monster in real life. That's it. So <laughs> Yeah, but I guess you can't do. really accomplish much in six minutes. Giving them a full, uh, I don't I, know, hour 20. I don't know. I think it accomplished exactly what it intended to be. I think that's the point of short films. Like, Here's a neat True. idea that we can get less than 10 minutes worth of solid content for. Or but we now can stretch we, this paper-thin premise yes. to 120 minutes. We gotta learn the background of this monster and how to defeat him and like go through a whole hero's journey. See, I don't want that though. That's that's an adventure movie, in my opinion. Right. Where they find out what the monster is and they defeat it like it. Or, yeah, like it and Pennywise. If you want a horror movie, you don't know why. It, it, uh, and, you know, once again, my personal taste is just my personal opinion. But, like, not knowing what the monster is, not that's, understanding it, that's hard. Like, that's that's half the fear. Part. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So once you know what it is, it's like, oh, it's fucking Pennywise. Uh, you just uh, aren't afraid of him anymore, and he loses his power. Ta-da! Like, it's so... But I think this is great as a short film. I think it was very cool and clever and well done. I, I, uh, this is going to be weird to see Animal Crossing being used as a horror movie and like nintendo <laughs> being okay with this yeah i was just gonna say how that even has that tie-in that's actually yeah, insane that's the weird part for it so very cool definitely worth bringing up on our show Keep but i think that's that. gonna bring uh, this episode to a close let's wrap up and do some plugs where can our listeners find you on the internet you can find me online on twitter abts brendan and it's mostly just me retweeting anything related to this show and uh, our weep there yet which is my anime podcast do you not like anime? Fuck you. Do you like anime? Fuck you too, you weeb. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no one's welcomed here. Um, it's called Are We There Yet? It's an anime podcast where me and uh, two co-hosts uh, watch and review an anime or three episodes of a movie or an anime, um, give our opinions on it, give a quick recap, and decide if it's worth watching. Uh, today, we it won't be out for another week, but today we watched Skate the Infinity, which is a skateboard anime. Dude, it's good. I was going to say, that sounds incredible. I was like looking at all these different available trading card games, and one of them was a skateboard uh, collectible card game. And I'm like, in theory, that seems cool. I'm not going to buy any cards, but like, it's just anything and everything has a TCG. Apparently, everything and everything has an anime, too. So skateboard, yes. the anime, I'm into it. Skate the Infinity. It's pretty good. I'd Sick. recommend it. Uh, yeah, check that one out, listener. And if you like our show, we're findable at all the places at ABT Silence, uh, particularly twitch.tv slash ABT Silence is where I'm playing Fall Guys. I'm just going to admit it. It's all and, <laughs> and a little bit of Harry Potter trading card game with my wife. And that's the thing. I have a podcast about the Harry Potter trading card game with some friends. Uh, it's called Renovate. Uh, check that out at, on all available podcast platforms. And I have a record label. God, my plugs just get longer and longer. Uh, it, but it's missedoutrecords.com if you want to see what music's available for sale there. And the band that does our intro and outro is a band called Kinda Alright. Head over to kindaallright.bandcamp.com to give them some support. I know they would appreciate it. They're very talented musicians. But that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next time. See you guys. Where's my money, Biden? Oh, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs>